0: What's good, everyone? Welcome to a brand new season of Shit Talks. My name is Gaby Boskis, and I'll be your host for today. I'm really excited to be back in a brand new space, a brand new season, and a new partnership. This series is called Studio Sessions, and we've partnered with Soapbox to bring season three to life. Welcome to this big couch that we have, brand new office. I can start. Today's conversation is going to be about guaranteed income and why these programs are important. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you guys for joining us. Hey guys. Hey. Welcome, welcome. How are you feeling today? I'm good. good. I'm good? Mm -hmm. Okay, well thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, We're going to get started with names, pronouns, and how you got started into this work.
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Rachel Pian. I'm the research coordinator at Equity and Transformation. It's a local nonprofit here, and my pronouns are she or hers. I got involved in this work actually as a volunteer when I was in grad school for public policy at Harris UChicago, I was getting involved with basically any Black-led organization with my sister, my cousins, and their co-workers. We found Equity and Transformation, and then over time developed into a full-time role once I graduated.
0: Nice. Thank you.
2: Well, my name is Deontay Baker. I'm from the west side of Chicago, the Austin community. I'm a professional singer. I sing all around, wherever I can go. And uh, I'm just, you know, grateful to be a part of uh, this program, be one of the pre- recipients, and you know, I'm just looking forward to just sharing a little bit about how it's affected my life.
0: Mm. Thank you, guys. You know, getting into what is guaranteed income, but also what the experience has been and why this is important. So, thank you, guys, both for being here. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll start off with asking um, Rachel, if you don't mind, describing a little bit for people who don't know, you know, what is guaranteed income. Sure.
1: So guaranteed income is actually different than UBI, which is a little bit more commonly known. Guaranteed income provides direct cash payments for specific targeted communities, whereas UBI gives it to everybody in an entire area, even the millionaires who don't really deserve it, right? We really advocate for guaranteed income because it's used as a tool to
0: address income inequality. Nice. Thank you. And for those who also don't know what UBI is, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So UBI stands for universal basic income. It is like I was saying, direct cash payments, but instead of targeting specific communities, it gives it to everybody in an entire state or an entire uh, country sometimes. So it's definitely a trendy topic that people have been interested in. But like I said, we really advocate for guaranteed income for the sake of targeting specific communities that are most in need of it.
0: Mm, Beautiful and also I guess something to touch on with guaranteed income is that different from like other social programs is that people receive direct cash no strings attached and so can you know both of you talk about a little bit of like what that's like with you know knowing that the money that you're receiving nobody's gonna tell you exactly what to do with that and how is that different from like other programs that exist
2: yeah I mean I feel like for for, for me this experience has um, really been great for me and just to answer your question, I feel like this program is totally different from other programs or other um, income-based programs that are offered um, in the city of Chicago. I have many family members who are, you know, living off of disability, you know, and when I went through the situation, what kind of got me here, you know, I had family that encouraged me to get on disability and for me as a hard-working young, you know, black man trying to just make make it in Chicago and, you know, beyond, I don't want to be held down to that thought of being on disability and not being able to make a certain amount or I have to uh, not make a certain amount in order to keep that, um, you know, income flowing. This program was, you know, better for me because it's just a stepping stool to get me to where I need to get back to before, you know, you know, my. I went through some things. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Oh, no problem. (laughs)
0: And, you know, on that note, also, I think it's important to talk about how a lot of programs that aim to help people can sometimes sort of restrict them from really being able to like help themselves. Like you mentioned, like, you know, being on disability, while it's something that's meant to help people, a lot of times like you if you were to get a good opportunity, like a new job or something, um, those social programs would be cut and it's sort of backwards, right? Like how some of these programs that are meant to help people um, end up kind of doing the opposite. But from my understanding with guaranteed income, what's a little bit different about that is that you, you know, you are able to also participate in other programs and that there aren't like any restrictions on like how to use that money, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Guaranteed income is all about no strings attached, right? No work requirements or anything like that. And really just investing in people's autonomy and allowing them to use that money how they see fit.
0: And also just wondering, I'm, I mean, I know the answer your recipient. So how did you hear about the program and what were your initial thoughts when you heard about it?
2: So I heard about the program. So I went through something crazy, traumatic last year, almost a year ago. Um, uh, uh, last November, unfortunately, I was stabbed with a 10 inch carbon knife right outside of my apartment and I like bled out almost dying. And um, it was probably the worst thing that, you know, I could possibly ever experienced. You know, in my mind, you know, I watch news all the time and I used to think, oh my God, that could never be me. You know, we always, some of us, you know, think like that sometimes, and that was me, to be real. And um, it was just, it was traumatic. It was, it was all of the above. If you, whatever you think about, it's kind of everything that I felt. And um, while I was in the hospital, while I was recovering at home and learning how to walk again, it was just so many things that I had to relearn. I had to humble myself and really look for these opportunities that were that I felt were fit for me because I didn't want to go through disability because I I didn't feel for me in my mind I'm not going to be in this state forever you know so I wanted to find something or try to find something because at that time in my mind I didn't know where you know where my life was going to end up or, or how I was going to get the things that I did work very hard for before this all happened so. Um, I kind of, you know, I'm a news junkie. I watch a lot of news and I kind of heard about this program through the news and through just reading a lot of, um, you know, articles. Um, And I kind of just stepped out on faith and applied. And I literally forgot about it and checked my email and I got it. So um, it was, it it really came at the right time and it really has been helping me get. um, get back to where I want to be as a, you know, a thriving, working young adult, so, yeah. Oh,
0: beautiful. And what did you feel when you hit, like, those first $500 hit your account? Like, what were your thoughts?
2: I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a great feeling to know that, wait a minute, I didn't have to put t- 12, 20, 25 hours in just to get, you know, $500. You know, it, it felt really good and it felt like I can actually actively save money now. Like, cause oftentimes when we work so much and we have so many bills, we have this, we have that going on, is you really kind of forget to save your money and figure out ways to properly save. And this, you know, income and this program has really helped me to really set some money aside and say, I know I can build off of this, you know, and really invest in myself for real, for real. So. yeah,
0: Thank you. And I think to your point, it's also, I think that. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that a lot of uh, I've connected with a few recipients as well. And it's also hard to save when you're living paycheck to paycheck. You know what I mean? Like like the reality is that sometimes like like saving is a is a privilege, Just you know, it's a gift to be able to do that. And um, I think it's also kind of hard to accept that there's a lot more of us that need help in some way than not. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's beautiful to think about. Like, you know, that with something like this, you're able to think ahead not think ahead, but plan ahead. You know, be able to like be safe for an emergency or something to happen. Um, So I think it's sort of like what I think guaranteed income gets at is like having like a, a little bit of a safety net that you know most people. You know, probably don't have.
1: Yeah, I think people forget that it is expensive to be poor, mm-hmm. right? So yep. when people see folks who are struggling in just their day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to just judge from the outside and say, well, why don't they just get a job? Why don't they just find one? But who's going to pay for child care mm-hmm. while they're going to their interview? Who's going to cover transportation costs so that they can even make it to the interview? Okay. You know, and there's all these little parts of everyday life that people don't really acknowledge how much of a cost that really is and how much of a privilege it is to have that extra, you know, financial uh, support in order to help accommodate and, and cover those costs. So that's why I really think it's so important with guaranteed income to allow folks to use that money how they see fit so that they could cover those costs and ultimately build a better future for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like it feels pretty straightforward, right, that it, like I think a lot of times people will try to break their brains and, like, how can we solve poverty when, like, a lot of times the answer is, like, just give people money. <laughs> like, like people know what to do with money, what they need, you know. And
2: and it doesn't have to be $5,000, like, $500, like, for, for me personally, you were talking about families, and I grew up with that. A, a single mom with six boys where she had to bust her ass to do whatever she could to make sure that, you know, we... we could live. You know, there were times where we slept in the cold, there were times where we had to sleep on other people's couches. But, you know, I look back at that and it makes me just remember to um, be more intentional, be more, you know, just be more intentional on what it is that I want to do. And, And programs like this, the $500 for people who grow up um, having to live off $20, you know, it is, it's something for, for a lot of people. A lot of people don't get $500, you know, just like that, believe it or not. Some people, to some people $500 is a lot, to some people it's not. But, you know, in times like this, come on, run me that money, run me that 500 because it's going to help. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, well, you're you're part of the city's program, but uh, equity and transformation. We have our own guaranteed income program as well, called the Chicago Future Fund. That is for uh, formerly incarcerated folks in West Garfield Park, and in West Garfield Park, the per capita income is twelve thousand dollars per year. You know, so when you're talking about five hundred dollars a month, that yeah. is half their income per year. You know, and so. It may not seem like a ton of money. People may think, oh, well, what can you really do with 500 a month, right? But that kind of money is actually life-changing for so many people in Chicago.
0: Yeah, and that's perfect actually. Do you mind talking to us a little bit more about Equity and Transformation? Yeah, absolutely. So Equity and Transformation is a nonprofit. It's black led,
1: Um, all the people in leadership, are system impacted, formerly incarcerated themselves. And so our mission is to build social and economic equity for black workers engaged in the informal economy. So the informal economy is basically this diversified set of skills, jobs, enterprises, um, economic activities really that are not monitored by the state. Um, And a lot of times people who have been formally incarcerated, they face a lot of barriers that prevent them from accessing the formal market uh, for employment and so they're forced to informality to survive and that includes like bucket boys, people who sell bootleg DVDs or loose squares Um, and obviously the more criminalized activities as well like participating in the drug trade and sex work as well. So all that stuff falls under the wide bucket of informal economy and so equity and transformation is uh, Nonprofit org that's really dedicated to bringing social and economic um, equity for those workers.
0: That's amazing. Thank you. You know, I think what comes up for me is that when I think about like guaranteed income and, and being able to give people who need money direct cash is that some ideas come of like people who don't believe in those things, like people who oppose that. And so I'm wondering, like, and you both of you guys have experienced, like, what are some of the challenges that come up with guaranteed income? Like why, you know, some misconceptions or why people might oppose it?
1: Guaranteed income is kind of a controversial topic, right? Mm -hmm. At the core of it, a lot of people don't like the idea of handing out free money to folks, let alone in our program, giving it to people who are formally incarcerated. Mm right so there's this huge stigma that people are just not deserving of this money whether that's because they haven't worked hard enough to get a job they haven't or they've just been too lazy or they've made their mistakes and now they're just paying for for it that's just natural consequences you know so a lot of people don't believe in guaranteed income because they think that the folks receiving it are not deserving of it but when you really look into what you know, the situation that put folks there, right, to start with, you see that it's the complete opposite, that these are the most deserving folks in our society, right? And a lot of times the system impacted people, formerly incarcerated folks, they're the ones that have been pushed to the outskirts of society, not really cared for in our policies or whatever it is. And so we find that, you know, they have paid their their debt to society by Spending time in by serving time, right? They, their debt is paid. Yet once they are released. They are faced with what we call permanent punishments or collateral consequences. And so they have such limited access to financial services, education, employment, right? And we know that despite what society tells us, that your debt is paid, that is far from the truth. And so that's why we really believe that guaranteed income is essential for system impacted folks, for formerly incarcerated people, so that they can start to build a better life for themselves, find a little bit more stability and ultimately re-enter society
0: yeah and i think also like what to your point about like people who have previously experienced incarceration in a way it's, it's it's sort of like the system also like bringing them back into being incarcerated because when when you come out and you can't get a job and you know it's, it's like people have the stigma around you because you've been incarcerated like it's how are you supposed to then re-enter society and you know what i'm saying like be able to be a part of the community if you're still being punished for something that you already Sort of time for.
1: And it's just a cycle, right, of Mm -hmm. poverty and crime and incarceration and back to it because they don't have access to the same employment opportunities or um, financial services once they are returning home, right? So what else are they going to do but go back to what they've been doing to help you know, feed their families and put food on the table and everything. So it's this very vicious cycle in in so many of our marginalized communities in Chicago that we need to actively try to break. And that's what guaranteed income can be a tool for, to um, be this innovative alternative to policing and prisons in in the state of Illinois.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Deontay, I know if you want to share a little bit, if you've come in contact with any, like, Negative stigmas, or you know, any opposing thing.
2: I feel like experience is a good teacher. I feel like people won't really understand completely unless they experience it themselves. And unfortunately, people don't know how to practice empathy. Don't really know how to put, uh, you know, themselves in other people's positions. So, I mean, I mean, if I were to see somebody like that, I would just, res- I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't respond to it because it's just like. You know what what's the point if you're not actively doing something like you know getting your hands dirty you know and you know getting your feet dirty and really out there like this amazing woman is doing you know then it is what it is i mean you know you just gotta i look at it as i'm not gonna i'm not gonna miss out on my blessing because people have different opinions you know i just you know it is what it is
1: haters gonna hate (laughs)
0: yeah yes no, yeah, I hear you, and I think um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm grateful that you know we're able to hear from like a recipient and someone who like is leading a program because I think honestly this is something that when people hear about guaranteed income, I feel like well there's always gonna there's always gonna be someone who opposes things right there's always gonna be haters but I think that most people when you hear about it like five hundred dollars direct cash no strings attached to your account um, I think that that most people are easy like yes I support that that sounds Logical, that sounds like something I wanna get behind. But I think also a lot of people are sort of just finding out about what this is. And so um, I'm grateful that we're able to like talk about it here in this space and hope to like bring more people into it. Um, But for example, I know it isn't something that's permanent yet. So, you know, what are some thoughts that you have for like people who are the decision makers that could make this program, like these programs permanent? You know, what's something that you would like to say to say a policymaker? Um, who ultimately has the power to, you know, uh, renew these programs?
2: I mean, I would say, I mean, look at someone like me. I'm from Austin. I grew up in Austin. I still live in Austin. I think um, my community is beautiful. You know, I love my community. We have our, we have things going on in our community, uh, but you know, it, I'm proud to be from Austin and from the West Side, and I think what a lot of these decision makers need to look at are people who like me, who are proud to be from where we are, and realize that there are people who are working hard. There are people who want a better life. There are people who want their communities to look better. They, we want fresh restaurants. We want salads. We want we want all these things that we were lacking. There's so many people in my community who might not, you know, be in a situation or they may be in a worse situation. So, I feel like to those decision makers, like really, really come look at our communities, come talk to more people, like don't send, you know, people to come, you know, sign a petition to get you on a ballot or anything, like, come talk to us, because we, we, we do have, have, we do have a voice, we do have really, really valid uh, point, points of views, and I think um, it'll be beneficial to the whole city if they, you know, would really spend some time on the west side and the south side more so.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Exactly what Yanti said. I feel like it is so important to actually engage with the recipients, right? We can talk all we want about, you know, the guaranteed income programs popping off across country and why this is a good thing for, you know, policymakers across. Illinois as well. Um, but at the core of it really is are you listening to the lives that are actually being changed, right? And so one of our participants in our program, her name was Jaleesa, what the most touching thing that I've heard um, throughout this program was she was saying that, you know, guaranteed income is really great, right? Like being a part of the Chicago Future Fund has been awesome just to have that like additional financial security that didn't hurt at all, right? She said, but what really made this program special for her was the relationship she was able to build with EAT, with Equity and Transformation, and how this is like the first time that she ever was a part of something where she felt loved. And that, like, that moved me so much, you know? And I think it's it's easy to view folks as just like, yeah, they're just formerly incarcerated people or they're just poor people, right? But at the core of it, there are real genuine human beings behind all of that. Mm -hmm. And their lives are being changed for the better. And I think that's what policymakers should be focusing on as they do their work too, because that's what we wanna do at the end of the day, right? Is make our community stronger, safer, and better for everybody. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think what I think about when, especially with like the E program and sort of what you were touching on too, Deontay, but I think that a lot of times for people who are sort of on the fence about it, like a lot of times it's easy for people to get on board when they think of like a very like wholesome person that needs help, right? Like a single mother with two kids who, who, you know, needs help, uh, you know, making ends meet. But I think there's also people who don't have like a very wholesome story you know what I mean who you know maybe struggled and you know had some some bumps along the road and I think they also need help too like I think it, that's something that I think about within in this like theme of like deserviveness and like you know canned outs and shit but it's like at the end of the day like whether you are the most wholesome person and a kind-hearted kind-hearted person who has always done well for society I think that person deserves help just as much as someone who has had some bumps on the road you yeah. know
2: I think it's 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 amazing that you say that because I, I have a a family member who just got out of you know a, a, the D.O.C. you know, and he's educated. He has a degree. He's very smart, and a lot of people wouldn't think that when they see him walking out of those doors, you know what I'm saying? And now he's back out and he's like, wow, I have all these things, I'm very, you know, equipped with these skills, but no one is giving me the time of day because of what? Because of the situation that I went through. And it's due to mental illness, you know, sometimes people don't get the help that they need and it leads them into places like the DOC. And unfortunately, he's kind of going through what we're talking about. That stigma of, I'm, I know that I'm capable of doing all these things. I know that I can, but because of this this situation here, people are not gonna, you know, look past that, and it's gonna be a little difficult for me to um, reach my goals now. You know, so um, programs like that, the one that you have and the program that I'm in, are extremely important for our communities because they they don't know that these programs exist. And it, it, they need to. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also is that this isn't a handout; is really a form of reparations, really, because all these like a lot of people wouldn't a lot of people wouldn't be in that situation to begin with if it wasn't for systemic racism. And I know we talked a little bit briefly about the concept of like reparations with. Um, guaranteed income and would you mind touching that
1: yeah sure so equity transformation we do a lot of great work one of the campaigns that we have currently is called the big payback and it's a campaign to win comprehensive reparations for survivors of the war on drugs so the war on drugs is not just a thing of the past, right, it's not just something that happened in the Nixon and Reagan administration. It is something that continues to this day, right, that impacts so many communities um, in Chicago even, right. And so what we're trying to do through the big payback is, like I said, win comprehensive reparations, which include direct cash payments. So. That's the first pillar is is compensation. We wanna make sure that people are actually getting compensated in the forms of direct cash payments for, for what they've been through, what they've been exposed to. Um, there are also four other pillars, satisfaction, Um, guarantees of non-repetition, rehabilitation, restitution, all equally important, Um, but a a broader goal of the Chicago Future Fund for us is to be able to gather data to share the stories of our recipients and be able to push policy to get this done statewide, right, as a form of reparations because we know that the communities that we serve are deserving of them. I also
0: want to touch on, because I know that this conversation can be kind of tough with thinking about like how we come to like needing more support and like needing help. And so I'm interested in knowing like, what are some ways in which, you know, and maybe like you've heard a story or you can talk about your own story where there, you've experienced like joy um, through being able to like have that financial freedom.
2: I mean, just the, the fact that uh, it's guaranteed and knowing that it, it hits at, at a certain time each month, I feel like sometimes I forget you know, and then I realized, oh wait, yeah, cool. And I get like that moment, that sensation of, man, thank God, like this is a blessing in some time, you know, so for me, um, it when I think about it, anytime I think about it, or anytime I'm having a conversation with my mom or anybody about stability and finances, this always comes up, you know, like the fact that I can really depend on this and, and and I know, and knowing that it's not like um, permanent, so it kind of keeps me on my toes too, in a sense. It makes me like, okay, I know I need to do something, you know, good, productive with what I'm receiving. So it's just, it, it makes me happy like anytime I think about it, so yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not gonna talk about, you know, my own joy. I'll talk about our participants in our program. Um, so there's one participant, his name is Sharif and he's also one of those participants that we've gotten really close with and built a great relationship with. He shared in a video that we were shooting before that the first thing that he did with his two payments, right? So November and December, we started this program in November of last year, 2021. Um, But he said, the first thing that I did with all that money is I just bought my kids all the Christmas gifts they wanted. And that was so, Nice to hear, you know, I think a lot of times people get really angry when they think about folks receiving any sort of benefits or support when they don't spend it on like the absolute minimum, like worst thing, you know, but at the end of the day, we don't want our participants in our program to just only buy what they need, right? We want them to be able to buy what they want too, Mm -hmm. and for
0: their kids as well. So that was one moment of joy that really um, stayed with me. Oh, I love that. That reminds me of um, there was a story of a recipient who was sharing how um, now that they have you know, been able to receive these payments, that they were able to take some time off from working a second job um, to be able to like attend their kids' practice. And like before then like they hadn't been able to like see any of their practices. and, um, and I just think like you know, back to the point of like this money doesn't always have to just go to necessities, right. but it ends up always being that way. actually like the numbers show that like most of the money goes to like food bills, But also, like, I think, you know, what I was trying to get at is that I think it's important to experience joy as well. Because when you are in the struggle, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's tough. Like, everything is a necessity. And you're always, you know, you feel like this burden and this stress on you. And I think that these little moments of joy are also just as important. And I wish like people like were thinking about that, too, when thinking about like why we need to fund more of these programs. Like, it's not. Just about like making ends meet, but it's also that like people deserve moments of joy with their families and being able to like spoil them for Christmas or you know join a practice. And I'm curious if you've been able to like you know sing more or do anything more you know fun with your creative stuff.
2: Yeah, I just been able to invest more into my my shows and my presentation, you know, um, and just trying to build the right team and you know always trying to. So yeah, like it's definitely helped. My um, uh, performance, my presentation, my look, my my whole brand and everything as far as a singer, and um, I mean, you sing better when you know you got money. So, right?
0: Come on. Yeah, that needs to be on a t-shirt or something. Like, you sing better when you know you got money. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I'm also curious. What are some things that you guys would like to highlight um, in regards to this? And it can be, you know, your own personal work that you do or, you know, related to guaranteed income?
2: My own thing, I mean, I think the, the guaranteed income definitely affects my, my, my whole life and everything that I do. And uh, as, a, as a singer, as a professional singer, that's kind of my, my message too in and, and, and whatever I sing is, you know, positivity, community support, um, feeling your emotions, whether it's, you know, sadness, happiness, allowing yourself to feel that. Um, and just living and living your best life because life is short. I mean, what the hell that I went through last year really opened my eyes to really just going after the things you want and not really being um, so fearful of what could happen. You know, just go for it. Do it anyway.
1: I think um, one thing that I want to highlight is that You know, back in 2020, after George Floyd was murdered, the whole country cried to defund the police, Mm -hmm. right? And there wasn't too much talk about, okay, then what? Like, we reinvest in communities, but how? And I think guaranteed income is a great way to do that, right? When we saw the issues, the systemic problems in our criminal justice system, in our financial systems and in every facet of society i think we started to break it down and we realized that we really need to reinvest these resources into the communities that need it most and what better way to do that than direct cash payments so i really want folks to be able to remember their convictions that they had back in 2020 and be able to turn it into action now support you know local legislation that calls for guaranteed income you know make sure that it's getting done locally and statewide and obviously across the country, too, because this is not just a far fetched dream. This is a reality that's been happening and we just need all the support that we can get to continue it.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up 2020 and the beginning of the pandemic, because I think that that was such a, you know, obviously a very historical moment for a lot of obvious reasons. But I also think that it just kind of reflected a lot of things that for some of us, we already knew, but I think that it really showed like one that how fragile or non-existent are our safety nets, you know? And it doesn't matter if you, you know, were a salaried person and you had everything figured out before this, but like something so unexpected can happen, and then all of a sudden you're on the other side of things, and you're the one who needs help. And I think that people, um, I wish people would think about that moment because I, I feel like in 2020 there was a time where I like to believe that we had some sort of shared empathy when we were first finding out about, you know, COVID and. And we, there was so much we didn't know, um, and I feel like that was a moment where people, I felt like we a little bit more empathetic, because you know maybe it was the fear of the unexpected. Um, but I also think that it, you know, it was a moment where people could, you know, realize like, oh shit, like actually, like we don't have the support that we have to survive if something, you know, if something were to happen. And I think that that's something that I wish people were thinking about more as they think about like, you know, we're still in a pandemic, like you know, and also even before COVID people have always needed help like like so I think that it's just sort of like exaggerated or just brought to the front things that we already knew because people were experiencing poverty before people needed help before the pandemic. And then now, you know, what I mean, it just sort of brings that all back up. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, um, how this program has been helpful and sort of the possibilities that, you know, people now have that they have some, you know, some money coming in that's guaranteed. And so I'm curious to you know sort of think about in a world where this is a program that's permanent and people are always receiving $500 a month, you know how would that change our current systems and you know what kind of world would we be living in then?
2: If managed properly with the right resources and everything like that, I feel like the we the world would definitely be a better place, a healthier place, more equal place. I think about. Um, families and single moms and people and young black men who may not uh, have the opportunities uh, that they could have if they had a program like this. You can see a lot of people finishing school. You can see a lot of um, black and brown property, a lot more black and brown property owners. I'm not just talking about houses. I'm talking about stores. I'm talking about cleaners. I'm talking about groceries. So I'm talking about, you know, those neighborhood stores that you grow up in. Um, more stuff like that. I feel like you know less violence. You know, um, it, that's for me in my mind. That's what I think a world could look like. You know, if a program like this was permanent and um, geared toward those um, communities who need it the most.
0: Absolutely. And I'm also curious to know what you you know would imagine a world where $500 is a guaranteed thing. Like, how would that impact the people that you work with, or perhaps people that you know?
1: Yeah, I mean. Everything that Deontay just said, I think it would be a stronger, safer community altogether. I think there would be less crime, better mental health, more education, more business ownership, right, on all of the above. But ultimately, I think people would
0: just be happier. Well, I just want to thank you guys again for, you know, bringing your full selves to the conversation. Uh, I know we definitely learned a lot and were able to you know, sort of get to know you both a little bit better. And so before we wrap up, I just want to give you all an opportunity to tell us um, a little bit about, you know, anything that you want to highlight, about the work that you do, or ways in which people can support you and be plugged into the work that you do.
1: Uh, The Chicago Future Fund is equity and transformation's guaranteed income for formerly incarcerated folks. We actually had a chance to expand the program. So the first round last year went out to 30 people, $500 a month only in West Garfield Park. But we, with partnership with FTX Foundation, have been able to expand it to 100 folks in Austin, West hey. Garfield Park and Englewood as well. So if you'd like to support equity and transformation, I think it would be a great opportunity to just check us out on our socials at Chicago on Instagram, Twitter and all that. And yeah, just check us out, um, blast our program. We want to make sure that we're able to get more guaranteed income to as many people as possible.
2: Well, you know, um, I'm a singer and I like to use my art, my voice for bringing awareness to things like this. And, you know, just giving life, you know, and pouring life into people through music. So if you are interested, you can follow me on Instagram at Deontay underscore Baker. Um, I consider myself a, a soulful singer. Um, I like to put soul into all, all kinds of music, doesn't matter. Um, and so, yeah keep up with me and um thank thank all of you thank the program for you know just i'm just grateful to be a recipient um and so yeah so (laughs) whoop yeah
0: all right well thank you guys again for joining us this was the guaranteed income episode and we're really excited to bring you more episodes coming soon so stay tuned with chicago votes and shit talks thank you